This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. With Dr. Chambers and Elizabeth Grigsby. Uh, Liz has been to our conference a number of times, but for those of you who have not met her, um, she is... Uh, works at the uh, Golden Gate Regional Center as an uh, advocate. Um, she's also got a, a great voice for civil rights. And she's going to talk to us a little bit today about um, some of uh, her life as an adult woman living with cerebral palsy. So... You okay? Yeah. Good Good morning. Good morning. Uh, at least I think it's still morning. Um, like Jerry said, my name is Elizabeth. I work for Golden Gate Regional Center as an advocate. Yes, I get paid to work there. Um, I, yes, I do have cerebral palsy from birth. It's never a dull moment. I do live, I do live in my own place. And I have, I don't have 24 hours of poor because I don't need it. And I don't want it. People get on my nerves. <laughs> I'd rather be around my two cats. They don't talk back. <laughs> so I'm hopefully Dr. Chambers will ask me a bunch of questions <laughs> about how it's how it is living with CP. Yeah, so what would you say your biggest challenges were going from uh, high school to um, your post-high school years? Well, I know my biggest challenge from elementary up to high school. Okay, there, there, was, a, there was a big problem at that point? The biggest problem with that is I didn't, I didn't get the physical therapy that I needed. I heard some people talk, talk about CCS, and the videos look really good. But I'm like, where they, where the hell, what the hell happened to me? <laughs> I could tell you what happened to me. My foster mother didn't want me to get the physical help that I needed because she was afraid the more independent I became, I wouldn't need her anymore, which was pretty messed up because I think I would have went a long way physically, if I had got the 
physical therapy when I was little, but neither here nor there. So I think you're bringing up a really good point, Liz, that we all have to keep in mind that people have very different lives when we see them outside of, if they're in their home and in their, their everyday life. And some people have much more support um, than others. By the way, this is my primary nurse practitioner, which, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> she says that every year. Yeah. That's why and she gets to come that's back. That's why we ask her back. Or I... And she doesn't even pay me to say that. <laughs> Well, that's a good question. So you're working as a consultant. What, what do you do for people whose parents have different ideas, parents or, or the clients themselves have a different idea than what you think is the right thing for them? Parents are, I love you guys who are parents. You guys are really awesome. But parents with people with disabilities, I do have to be honest, you're a thorn in my side. <laughs> because you're all like, my son can't do this, or my daughter can't do this, because they have a disability. I'm here to say, that's BS. The, the only disability is that you don't want to let them go. You don't want to let them fall and get back up and fall again. And it's like, I'm scared. But what's going to happen when you pass away? You hold, them, you hold on to them really tight. They're not going to know how to make it on their own. So I'm here to tell you, if you're in Golden Gate Regional Center's Kesme area, don't, don't let me hear about you're not wanting your son or daughter becoming independent because you're going to have hell to pay, which... <laughs> You're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to deal with me, and don't let the wheelchair fool you. I'm not that nice. I told you she had a voice. Yeah. Uh, well, well, let me ask you a question though, because this is a serious one, because it happens to me every day, and also for our CCS people here. What about the families that say, "I would like to have therapy, not." five days a week, but could we do it twice a day? Um, and, yeah. and that's a real, that's, that's a real problem, especially when we have less resources. And also, is that bad? Is it bad to have that much extra work? You know, there is something coming up in California called self-determination. And if a person who doesn't one, like their traditional services from the regional center, they can sign up 
for self-determination, and they will be allotted uh, some money where they can buy into services that the regional center is not able or willing to pay. I'm going to just keep it real. I, I love working for the regional center, but sometimes we get into this bureaucracy and we always say we can't do this or can't do that. I'm sick of hearing the word can't. It's time to start saying we can and we will because that's it. That's a basic human right. And I'll just say also, it's it's good to have uh, advocates and people who can help negotiate. There are some stark realities that we have to deal with in terms of resources, but that is a good point. I've been an advocate for myself pretty much all my life. I had to I had to prove myself to non-disabled people on an everyday basis. Hell, I'm still doing it. Do you know how tiring that gets? That gets really tiring. When I go see Jerry, and I love her office, but sometimes the people there talk to me like I'm, like I'm stupid or something. They're like, either they talk really loud or very babyish. And they're like, can you stretch your arm out? <laughs> and I'm like, I could if you stop yelling in my ear or even, even when I'm working at the regional center, and I've been working there for over 21 one years, and I still get from some of my coworkers, like the other day, this social worker was like, Liz, Elizabeth, where's your nurse? And I'm like, I don't have a nurse. Sure you do. Where's the lady that's with you three days a week? You mean my job coach? But I, I could have sworn you had a nurse. And I'm like, that's the problem with people. They always assume. Don't assume you. It makes you look stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. It makes you look really stupid, and I get tired of educating you. It's like, do I really have a disability, or do you? <laughs> We, we could keep asking questions, but there's, y'all are here for this. Any, any questions that you'd like the, to ask, Liz? 
the biggest disability is people's attitude. That's what makes I suffer from depression, like Dr. Chambers was saying earlier. We, a lot of us have depression. I'm just keeping it real. You know why we have depression? Because nine times out of ten, people aren't seeing us for regular people. They want to see us as disabled bodies. We didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I love having CP. Oh, I love having Down syndrome or whatever your disability may be. But if people's attitudes make you feel like you've done something wrong, it's time to change that. Because like Dr. Chambers says again, we're all going to be disabled whether you want to face it or not. You're able bunny now, but you won't be in a couple of years. So take heed of that. Sounds like you're, a threat. Is that a threat? <laughs> hey, I need to travel around with you, Dr. <laughs> Both of us together, we will be very lethal. <laughs> Can I be Mel Gibson? <laughs> I, I would love to give up my job and just travel around with you and talk to stupid pe- <laughs> people on there. Yes, it's Oh, yeah. So tell us what's, the, you know, what are the worst parts of the problem? You know so what? So may I say the question again for the other people? So oh, thank uh, you. What, what are the worst parts that you've encountered with the transportation problems, I would assume, in San Francisco? You know what the worst part is about transportation? When I have a doctor's appointment and I'm... I'm waiting for my van, and Jerry is so patient, but I'm not that patient. I'm like, where the hell is the van? And when they get there, they act like it's your fault that they're late, and they're always like, get on the van. I'm like, I have a disability. You can't you can't rush somebody with CP. We have a spat we have spasms and if my hand goes wild, the control goes wild. And if the control goes wild, I'ma end up running you over. <laughs> well well 
Maybe I run you over just because you, <laughs> you deserve it and you annoy the hell out of me. And it, that doesn't have nothing to do with my CP. I love how pe- people tell me, oh, honey, it's just your CP. It's like not everything that's wrong, wrong with me. It's my CP. You're my problem, and you're not part of my CP. So, what do you think about that? <laughs> so, part of the reality, though, I think, too, is um, there are lots of medical issues to deal with, and transportation can, there's a, there's a number of things. Transportation can be an issue. Getting an appointment with a specialist can be an issue. Getting on the table. To have a getting on the meal. table, even though I have an adjustable table, getting on the table was quite a, a, a chore this year, wasn't it? Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, we got the horn lift. I miss the lifting. I'm very mad at you see for getting rid of the lifting. Not only was it fast. It's strong to have two guys live me, but they were cute. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, they just ruined my whole day. <laughs> but, but I'm having the horror lift, so I get strapped up to the horror lift fine. We go out in the hall, I get hooked up to the horse lift. Finally, after these two people figured out how to use it. So I get hooked up. I'm like, okay, we're we're cooking with gas now. They go they go press the button to lift me up, the damn thing stops. I'm in the mid-air. And they're like, oh, the battery dies. What the fuck? We'll try to bleep, can we bleep that out, John? You can't make this stuff up. I'm looking at Jerry. She's looking at me. I'm looking at my one of my staff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm calm. I'm collected. And they're like, oh, don't worry. We just have to run across the street. <laughs> And get another battery. I'm a, I'm like, oh, don't mind me. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> hang here, like, like I have a choice. <laughs> but don't mind me. I love having my hips separated, even though one of them. Happened to be dislocated, 
but I'm happy to be hanging up here. You just go and take your slow, sweet time. I'm not going nowhere. Where? It was the the longest pap smear that I've done in my uh, history of. Uh, no, the longest. Oh well. Pap smear is when one of my staff painted. Yes, that was. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we we've had some really good experiences over the years. So you can see why we attract so many people to go you, into primary care. I know care. you probably don't believe that, but <laughs> yes, he was holding my leg up. Jerry was doing her thing, and the next thing you know, she's about to fall on the floor. Jerry had to catch her and, and ease her down. And then Jerry called the called the fire the ambulance. They came and they're banging on the door. And Jerry said, "You can't come in." <laughs> we just dragged her out and put her. No, we didn't do it. And they're like, "What do you mean you can't? We can't come in because." I have my pants down. <laughs> I'm in the spoon, and they're all like, they thought I was a patient. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't think my one of my stab did because why she didn't eat all day that day. How? <laughs> and they say I have a disability. <laughs> you don't know how it is being in a chair, have having to depend on people for everyday basic needs. It's it's crazy. Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> can I can I first say I did get endocervical cells on the Pap smear though, despite that being two hours. Okay. Well, that's because you're one hell of a. <laughs> I'm persistent, if nothing else. Yes. Nevertheless. Hi, I know you. You're my coworker. So the, the, the question was, uh, how do you um, re tell people, or uh, what reaction do you get when you tell um, people that you are a person, essentially, who likes to oh. have fun, go out on dates, um, have a life? I can't answer that question. It amazes people when I tell them that people with disabilities can have sex. They're all like, oh my God, but how? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do you, 
do you really want me to explain it to you? I mean, I can. We can have a full hour conversation how it works. One gets on top of the other one. One and, you know, take it from there. But, but when I do, when I do drink, yes, I drink. I used to drink to hide my pain. I, I'll admit it. I was a drinker to hide my depression. But I have... I've been seeing the therapist for a while now, and it's been, it's really helpful. I recommend everybody to see a therapist. Even if you don't have a depression or whatever, we all need somebody to talk to. Let's keep it real. But um, I, when I go out to clubs, well, I don't go as much as I used to, but when I drink, people are like, but, but you have CP. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you know, the alcohol relaxes my muscles. So it does, really. Not, I'm not kidding. I don't abuse it no more, but it does relax my, my muscles. And I tend to drive my chair much better <laughs> when I'm a little bit intoxicated. At, I, least, at least you think you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I do very good. I know how to parallel park. Like, nobody's been there. So, somehow I get better looking. Um, when I, the, um, I, I think that's a really important point, and it's not just in adults. You have to start asking your 13-year-olds if they drink alcohol. And, I've, and, and, it, it, and it's one of those things you can't do in front of the uh, parents. And, and I, there's, at a certain point, I and one of my other physiatrists, we asked the parents to leave. Um, and, and about 13-year-olds, and we ask them those questions about, you know, alcohol, drugs, um, uh, you know, other behavior, you know, sex behaviors that, you know, might need contraceptive or even be tested, and so we, those are things that, um, it's hard to do, but, um, and parents, like you said, parents do not want to be out of the room. Right. Um, and sometimes it, there are some communication problems, but usually they're, these are the kids that are, um, you know, maybe... Um, even am- ambulatory kids who are, are doing, who you think are doing really well, and then you, when you finally talk to them, they're doing, you know, oh yeah, I drink every Saturday or something like that, and or I do a lot of marijuana, and, and that's the biggest one that I've seen now. Even before it became um, legal, there were a lot of kids that would, would drink a lot of, would, would uh, um, use a lot of marijuana as a relaxant, and also, you know, just like any other teenager, I guess. But that, that was. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So you said, if I understand correctly, you said CP does change over the years, right? Because 
when I was younger, like, I must have been around 10, maybe 9, the doctor I was seeing was like, CP is never going to change, you're going to maintain your mobility, don't worry about it. And the older I got, I was like, I can't turn over like I used to. What does he mean? It's never going to change. So, and I, I kept getting tighter, my muscles, and I was just like, the doctor lied to me. Because, yeah. and that brought on my depression too, because hear this doctor telling me, oh, you don't have to worry about it. It's never gonna, it's not gonna get any worse. Yeah, I, I think what, what most people are, are, are just maybe, are mis, they misinterpret, is that the brain problem, the, the lesion that you had when you were born shouldn't change. I think it changes a little bit, but it does, shouldn't change much. But the, the outward manifestations, the tightness, the motor problems, the hips coming out, that all gets worse. Yeah, my, my left hip, they put it in a bunch of times and it always come back out. So I was like, I'm done. No more surgeries. I'll just keep it like it is. Yeah. And yes, it does, it does hurt a lot. Um, when I, especially when I'm in my shower chair, yeah. and I take, I wanna take long showers to to relax my muscles, but then I can't sit that long yeah. because my leg goes numb and my hip starts to hurt really bad. Yeah. Somebody has a question. Yeah. Okay. yeah. One or One two more question. questions and then we're gonna wrap up. Mm -hmm. So the question is, if um, you were living in a rural area where this pediatrician is living, would you um, rather have someone, a well-meaning doctor who's going to try to do everything they can for you, or would you rather take the three-and-a-half-hour drive to see subspecialists who might know a little bit more about the problem with all the transportation issues? I'd rather see the one person that and have a longer time than have to sit on the van not knowing when I'm gonna get there. And when I do get there, no problem the doctor, but they might not have 
the time to see me. So I rather, I rather um, try my luck with the doctor who doesn't know as much about CP, and we figure it out together. Then, because if if people would listen, that's the thing. Doctors need to listen more to their patients. If people would listen, the person with the disability can tell you how they're feeling or what their physical needs are. You just need to take the time and stop asking the person that they're with like they're not the patient. Great. Thank you so much, Liz, for being with us today. And You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.